Thank you, worship team. Thank you, AV. You know, I imagined as uh, we were singing that song, picturing our brothers and sisters in their homes throughout the Metroplex, and even though we couldn't hear each other's voices, God did, and I believe He was encouraged. You know, I believe when we came into 2020, a new year, a new decade, I don't think any of us were expecting to be in the circumstances that we are right now, with the coronavirus and all its implications that are changing on a daily basis. You know, we had this service scheduled as a congregational months ago, but I don't think we could have ever predicted that it would be a virtual one. But I'm thankful for technology that despite the limitations, we can gather together this morning to worship our God and to be encouraged by His power. I hope every one of you is safe and healthy. And I also want to strongly encourage you to continue to submit to the guidelines that have been given to us both by our national and local leaders. This is a serious situation, and we need to take it seriously. But I think at the same time, how we respond in faithfulness is what God is going to be looking at, and it is serious to Him. These are truly challenging times, with a lot of uncertainties, fears, and anxieties. We truly are at war with not one, but two invisible enemies. Obviously, the first one is the coronavirus, but the second is our spiritual enemy, and he is waiting to strike. He wants to divide. He wants to tempt. He wants to discourage. He wants us to give in to our fears rather than to trust in our God. It's at times like these that we, like our faithful ancestors who faced similar circumstances, we need to let the Word of God encourage and strengthen our faith. Alan read this passage at the beginning, and I'd like to use it as the main passages for this morning's thought. In Romans 8, 28, in the CSB version, it says, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God. We are called according to His purpose. Now, I think we need to first understand this passage is not saying all things are good. In fact, right now, they're not good at all, and they're getting worse every day. But at the same time, I believe God wants us to not give in to our fears, to listen to our emotions alone, but He wants us to look to Him and to be trusting and patient and knowing, just as we heard in that song, He is the way maker. He is still working, even in these circumstances. See, our enemy would love for us to give in to focusing on the things we don't have, rather than looking at the things we do have. I mean, think of the opportunities we have now being in our homes, where we can actually really have some quality time with our family. We can really have more time digging into the Word. For many of us, I know for me, we have a big honey to-do list I can finally get to, and I've already been checking off some of those boxes. See, we've got to look at the good that's happening, that God is bringing to us, even despite the limitations and challenges that we face. Be grateful for what you have right now, not for what you don't have or cannot get regularly, like toilet paper and other items that are missing from the shelves. You know, only a few verses later, two more important questions were given by Paul. In Romans 8.31, CSB version, it says this, What then are we to say about these things? 
If God is for us, who is against us? You know, the word if, if God is for us, which Paul uses to not denote doubt, but is actually a conclusion, a consequence or an affirmation, signifying since, since God is for us. The argument is this, God is so evidently for us that nothing or no one can successfully be against us. However, the things mentioned both in this verse and in verse 28 are things that are against us. They're opposing forces that are against us as followers of Christ. But through the power of God, they will not be successful against us. When you read in context what preceded this passage, you discover the things that only God can help us succeed against. Let's look at them briefly. The first one in Romans 8.1 is condemnation. This is our natural state before God, apart from the grace that only He can give through Jesus Christ. In Romans 8.2, we also see sin is against us. We are all sinners, and we face the consequences of those sins. Romans 8.8, 8, our sinful nature. This refers to that self-pleasing rather than trying to please God. In Romans 8.18, sufferings. Many of us are going through that in a much more real way than ever before. No one is exempt from suffering. In Romans 8.21, decay. We are dying all the time, and we are seeing that more visibly with what's happening as a result of this pandemic. Romans 8.22, pain. We all know what that means. And finally, in Romans 8.26, weakness, which is common to all mankind. But God can use all these things for our ultimate good. How many of us, because of these things in our life, turned to the Lord and found salvation, found new life, found new purpose? How many right now during this pandemic are really going to turn to God wanting answers to the questions? Are we ready? Are we prepared to be the light for them and to share the gospel of good news? You know, I'm super excited that in our virtual midweeks over the next few weeks, every single member of the church, we're going to be equipped to look and study and learn our new revamped First Principles series. We're going to know how to make a disciple. And we're going to learn what it means to be a true one. I believe we're going to be prepared for the multiple amounts of people that are going to want to know what God expects of them during this time. Now, I know it will be digitally. Already that's taking place. I've seen so many Bible studies happening through Skype and Zoom and on the phone. We're doing pre-marriage counseling, several going on. In fact, just yesterday evening, we had a virtual baptism. Not the water, the water was real. But we all got to zoom in as we got to see Chad and Marvy Demarcus's daughter, Francesca, be make Jesus Lord of her life. Here's a photo of capture of the Zoom uh, attendance of this baptism, this glorious moment. Guys, I really do believe, despite the limitations, God is still working and wants to work through us. Now, God can also use this pandemic for our eventual good. But we must not ignore the second part of verse 28. For those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. See, most of the things that are against us, like the list, 
and even this pandemic, we can do nothing about. It's out of our control. But there is one thing we all can do, and that is to love. We need to remember the greatest command, one that was not given in a vacuum. It was not expected to be only obeyed in certain contexts. It was meant to be obeyed in everything, including a pandemic that we face right now. It's in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40. He said to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. So first, we must love the Lord. See, I believe the good that we can have even in this pandemic is that we can grow in our love for the Lord. Use this time now to grow in your prayer. Pray for our leaders, both worldwide, nationally, locally, and even the church. Pray for deliverance from this pandemic. Pray for and with your family at home like you never prayed before. Pray for and with one another, virtually. And pray for those who are studying the Bible and who will be studying the Bible. And I want to encourage anyone that's a guest on our, our virtual service right now, if, if you have questions, if you want answers from God of how to be at this time, please contact us through our website. We have hundreds that are willing and are, have free time to share with you how the Word of God has impacted their lives. You also have time to dig deeper in learning about our Lord. Really use this time to dig deep into the Word. Have a reading plan. There's so many great Bible apps that have amazing reading plans that you can read right now. Study a specific book, a theme, or a character. Learn from other great resources like the Bema Podcast, the Bible Project, or even be inspired by the television series The Chosen that looks at the followers of Christ. See, I believe we must love the Lord even despite what's going on around us. But the second is also important. We must love one another. We are going to have to learn how to adapt and love one another, even with the limitations that this pandemic has caused. Use technology to stay connected. Many of you are already doing this, and it's so encouraging, so exciting. Use Skype, Zoom, and other apps that will allow you to see face-to-face. -face. Use the phone to actually do what it was made for, to talk to each other. I love text and email, but sometimes we need to hear each other's voices. Let's be calling one another. Let's be praying over the phone with one another. Stay connected to the kingdom of God. You know, it's been amazing seeing all the different virtual services and sermons and, and good news from around the world. I feel more connected to the kingdom than ever before. In fact, we have a great opportunity coming up next Thursday, on March 26th, where disciples around the world are going to be united together in a day of prayer and fasting for the pandemic and obviously for God's good news to continue to spread even more powerfully. Don't forget about disciples today in Kidogo. Great ways to stay inspired and connected to what God is doing. And make sure to check out the DFW Church website, the app, and of course our Facebook page and YouTube channel. When you get emails from your leaders, please don't ignore them. Read them. There will be some important links and information as we continue together how to be the church of Christ even when we're stuck in our homes.
You know, Christians living in the great plagues of the 2nd and 3rd century were faithful and courageous. Most of the historians of those times, even pagan historians, record one common description of the Christians during these plagues. Only look how they love one another. You know, Rodney Stark in his book, The Rise of Christianity, quotes the bishop, Dionysius, addressing the Alexandrian members during one of those plagues. Acknowledging the huge death rate, Dionysius noted that though this terrified the pagans, Christians greeted the epidemic as merely schooling and testing. Most of our brother Christians showed unbounded love and loyalty, never sparing themselves and thinking only of one another. Heedless of danger, they took charge of the sick, attending to their every need and ministering to them in Christ. The heathen behaved the very opposite way. As we continue to live through this pandemic, may it be said about us that we love. Love your Lord. Love one another. And love our neighbors. If you're not convinced that God truly can use all things for good, you just need to read a little further in Romans chapter 8. In Romans 8 verse 32 it says this, He did not even spare His own Son, but offered Him up for us all. How will He not also with Him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more, has been raised. He is also at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or coronavirus, or sword? We know the answer to these questions. God can do all things for our good, for those who love Him. We need to go no further than the cross. God used the most inhumane torture of an innocent man, His Son, to bring about the ultimate good, our salvation, for all those who truly follow Him and love Him. Every communion, we are reminded that through Christ, all things work together for the good. Before I pray, we want to give you some time to pray there at home as well, to reflect on Jesus. Then we'll come back and we'll have one final song. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord God, we pray to you knowing that you truly are sovereign, that you can, as you have throughout the history of mankind, use all things ultimately for our good, even though all things are not good. God, we don't know if this is going to get worse, but we know that you are still the all-powerful Lord. We pray that you truly will work powerfully through our leaders, through our doctors, through those who can find a cure. Please help those who are already sick to recover. And I pray that every citizen of this world will listen and submit to the guidelines so that we don't continue to spread this disease. But God, a greater enemy than disease exists. One who wants us to give in to our fears. Who wants us to give in to our temptations. God, you have already won that victory. 
Help us as we take this bread and we take this cup to know that you have already worked out all things for our good. Help us this week to love you, to love one another, and to love our neighbor. Amen.